maybe all the venom is now taken. Uh, welcome to the Sales Mindset Podcast. My name is Dennis D. Pasquale. Dr. Dennis D. My name is Sam Hendrickson. I'm Brian Gregus. So what do we got in terms of questions today? So today we're going to talk about what role storytelling plays in sales and why it's important. Mm, good one. Okay. So first and foremost, there's a certain power that goes through with, uh, with storytelling. And the thing about storytelling is that's how we used to relate to each other around the campfire. So there's almost this primal aspect of how we respond to stories and really well-developed and designed stories. They're emotional and it helps us make a connection. So we have our logical part of our brain that has the, the language and whatnot, but you know, when it comes down to creating fear, creating happiness, creating want, it's the story that really gets there. One of my favorite things to use, and I don't want to get hit with copyright, so I'm not going to throw it in on this, but there's a scene from Mad Men where he's selling a slide projector, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, old slide projector. We're talking, you know, before PowerPoint decks killed us all. <laughs> and this, uh, this story that he crafts around it just allows people to immerse themselves in it. So techniques with storytelling are tricky, but if you can do it right, you can really create a good, powerful uh, effect. So, for example, if I wanted to sell you on on this beer, I could say, you know, here's an IPA. Uh, it's too hard at ale. It's out of Michigan, and it's crisp and all. You know, all the feature selling. Or I could do all the benefits. It's going to refresh you. But if I could say, before you sample this beer. I want you to picture yourself just relaxing at a really chill, somewhat smoky bar, maybe back in the 80s. <laughs> After a hard day's work, you're you're not quite stressed, but you definitely need to release that steam. So you sit down and you order a two-hearted. And the sound of it filling the glass, just it's music to your ears. It's creating that anticipation. And as you're going through it, you get the beer. Maybe it has more foam than this beer does. Maybe it's just trickling down the side. You don't care. You just want that beer. Bartender cleans it off for you. He hands it to you. You can just pick it up. You take that satisfying first sip. And you hear that swallow. That guttural swallow that just says, fantastic. As the finish of the beer clears you remind yourself why you love a two-hearted ale. And so within that, you're seeing a story being created and I'm putting you in the story. Mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. say, I had a long day of recording. I needed a refresher and it really satisfied me so it might satisfy you, but I'm putting you in the story. So when it comes to sales and it depends on what you're selling, oftentimes you want to make your, your prospect, your customer, your client, the the connection to that story. So that's one aspect. Another thing, and I do this more when I do motivational speaking or when I'm doing, sometimes even in class, is stories allow us to see everything come together. So if I'm talking locus of control, I could talk about how good locus of control is 
uh, when you're an internal, I could talk about all the aspects of that. But if I tell a story, and that's where I'll use the story of the Aboriginals, or I'll use the story of Michael Jordan or Oprah Winfrey in order to really bring home why. And that has been shown even psychologically to have a better effect when you're looking at changing people. Mm -hmm. That's good. Uh, Kind of going back to what you're saying about the beer commercials, I want to talk about that a little bit more. Um, I think beer is one of the best examples of that. Mm -hmm. It's like marketing and sales, of course, go hand in hand. And when you look at commercials on TV or on YouTube for beer, they don't ever talk about the logistics of it. They might have like a couple frames where they have the beer in the shot and then some details about like the alcohol content or like the grain content and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, you know, the, the, the Dosa Keys beer, it's a cool guy sitting in a chair <laughs> in like, you know, the Playboy Mansion, you know, yeah. and he's got models around him because he's the cool guy and you want to associate with drinking a cool beer mm-hmm. or, you know, it's Miller time. They have like the association with picking up a Miller to having a good time at the bar with some friends mm-hmm. or Bud Light seltzers. Everybody takes them out of a cooler at the beach and they have fun at the beach. They're like creating a story where you're going to have fun and socialize with this instead of having an association of this is an alcoholic beverage with these logistics. It's mm-hmm. you're having a good time. Yeah. So that's why you should buy it. Yeah. And I'm more of a skeptic when it comes to that storytelling part. But I mean, even while you're just giving your example, I mean, at first I'm kind of laughing on the inside, just being honest. But I mean, it really does get you to actually think and yeah. be like, yeah, you know, I could, I could be doing that right now. I, I would kind of do wish I want to just get in a beer right now at a bar, just relaxing. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I have a question. What do you, how do you think it relates? Like, so what Brian was just talking about there. Um, how do you think the story of them like selling like Dos Equis, like, selling on that cool guy how do you think that like really sells is that like the very short term like very just impulse buy you know like oh yeah i'm gonna get that or is it like you think that's building a long-term like customer how do you think it relates to that so long term because people are seeing the dos Equis ads they're not at a bar they're not at a liquor store mm-hmm. now unless they're lucky enough to to live very close to a liquor store then that's not going to happen. I did once live close enough to a liquor store that I could run out, get something for it on a commercial break. <laughs> not intentionally how I picked it, but you're, you're creating a brand story with that. So if we're talking about the Dos Equis guy, you know, people want to be like the Dos Equis guy or they want to be around the Dos Equis guy. And so Dos, the, the Dos Equis, uh, what was he called? The, Sexiest um, man, not uh, most interesting yeah. man in the world, or yeah, uh, most yeah. interesting man alive. You know, it's you either want to be him, or you want to be around him, or you want to be like him, and that creates the brand that you want to associate with. So that when someone sees you with a Dosekis, which is obviously impossible if it's in a glass, but when someone sees you or hears you ordering a Dosekis, you're thinking that they're thinking of you as that most interesting man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the association that you take with it long term mm-hmm. and we even we talked about the commercials from memory you know like, oh i saw that commercial mm-hmm. and you remember that you remember that emotion attached to it mm-hmm. i think I, I think kind of building it into uh in-person sales or kind of directly like you're saying telling the story mm-hmm. from my experience or the, or the way that i understand it is when you kind of get to know somebody and you start building a relationship the way you build that in is find that connecting element between what you do in your life and what they do in their life 
and you tell that story. So bringing it back to storytelling, mm -hmm. almost from your perspective, but bringing them into it. Mm -hmm. Where, let's say, uh, for the case of beer or something like that, you know, you're, you know, shooting the shit, talking about whatever, and you're saying, yeah, uh, it's it's honestly one of my favorite beers. Like I always have some in the fridge. Like I, I'm sure that you know, running this business here, I'm sure you you clock in the same sixty hour weeks that I do. Uh, I like to come uh, when I come home, just sit down, pop on a show and I take one out and it's just like how I wind down my night and, you know, maybe make a joke like, oh, probably not the best thing to be drinking right when I get home or anything, but I'm sure you can relate, mm -hmm. you know, to the struggle and pull them into that story, have them visualizing coming home, relaxing and winding down with a beer. They try the beer and then they're thinking about that story. And now it's not, I'm selling you on the logistics of this beer. You are experiencing it in the way that it's meant to be. You're almost mm -hmm. like play testing the product in the story element. Yep. So think about this for you guys selling my sales training, mm -hmm. right? You can talk about, you know, you could talk about an average salesperson and how they may struggle in their early sales training. Or you can say, do you remember when you started selling, assuming mm -hmm. that they started as a salesperson? Did you have formal sales training? Which probably not. Most people aren't going yeah. through a, a, a program like we've developed at UF. And so you can remind them how hard it was to think about sales and how hard it was to understand sales. And then you know, reminding of them, them of that, say, well, that's your employees right now. Now, wouldn't you like for them to not experience that? And of course, don't you think that if they built themselves up faster and you use that story yeah. to tie in the benefits of whatever you happen to be selling. We're using beer, we're using sales training. Uh, I don't know, challenge me with a, with a, with another type of product. Oh, mm -hmm. uh, well, I don't know, right now I'm just kind of thinking about what you're talking about there. And there you're not even really like telling the story. You're kind of just like letting or using the story that the person you're talking to already has, like mm -hmm. bringing them back to a certain time and getting them to think about something, which I mean, much easier to do. Like, so I'm not a very good storyteller. Mm -hmm. I have a friend back home. I mean, amazing storyteller. He can, he can have you at every moment of the story. Uh, me, I, I lose I lose my train of thought, can't remember certain details, uh -huh. so I'm not very good at that. But that's a very easy way for anyone to implement that. Yeah. So, and, and I want to I hit your, your limiting belief right there. Mm -hmm. You think you're not a good storyteller, so you're not a good storyteller. Yeah. When you start imagining yourself as a good storyteller and putting your, your time in to think about how you can tell stories, you can become a good storyteller. All of mm -hmm. us were babbling babies at some point in time. And yeah. so some of them just managed to become good storytellers just by putting the effort in and doing it. Same thing right. with that guitar back there. I, I will never say that I'm not a guitar player, although I'm not at this particular point in time, but it's it's a matter of if I wanted to, I could be it. And then I would practice playing every day, just like I do with my Spanish and other things like that. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely true. I gotta, gotta mm -hmm. get rid of that limiting belief. There's this Buddhist principle of be to be someone, you need to be someone. And I'm, I'm probably butchering it mm -hmm. completely, but the idea is to just, I don't want to say fake it till you make it because that sounds like you're not it, but it's, you just got to be that person mm -hmm. that you want to be and you'll be there. So if you want to be a storyteller, you know, this is locus of control, right? Just learn what it is to be a good storyteller and think about stories that you already know. And then you can really wrap yourself around it. Yeah. Before you can really do something, you have to visualize it That's right. and see uh, see yourself getting there. Mm -hmm. yeah. The full belief that it makes it sound so logistical and robotic, but the idea that all behavior is created through reinforcement. 
And we're no, while we're, everybody's different, there's some things that everybody is very similar on in that if you do something every day, you're going to do it every day. Mm -hmm. And if building that in and realizing I need to be kind to myself and forgive myself when I make mistakes, but every single day I'm going to do this thing Mm -hmm. to represent who I'm going to become. So if it's learning the guitar, I also can't do the guitar. Mm-hmm. My big thing is like I can't draw. I am just a terrible drawer right now. Mm-hmm. And there was a period where I did a Inktober, which is like through the month of October, you do an ink drawing every day. Mm-hmm. And I did it every day for a month. I, I missed a couple days, but then I would do like three days or three days in one or whatever, three drawings when I had more time or something. So I didn't stick to it perfectly. And I was still terrible at drawing when I was done. But I did feel when I was doing, you know, the 28th drawing, the 29th drawing, I'm like, okay, I understand why this curve isn't going to help. Or I like, well, I'm feeling it while I'm drawing it. And mm-hmm. I always saw it as this big talent or something that was unattainable. And then I realized that my friends who are really good artists were 22. They've been drawing, like actually enjoying, they made it a hobby, something they do since they could barely talk. Yeah. It was just never something I did. So I'm always over here saying like, oh, you just have the bone for it. Or you just, you know, you just know how to do that. When in actuality, they spent the last, you know, 15, 20 years of their life, even though we're so young, is it just something that kids can get into literally spending their entire lives drawing and being a good artist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How does the storytelling element kind of play into intangible products? So you talked about another product before. It might be a little harder to tell a story with you services. Services make up, you know, 70 percent or something like that of, of America's GDP now. So how does that play? And when you're selling like a sales training course is kind of a tangible product, mm-hmm. but it is also more service-based. I used to sell advertising services, which is very intangible. How does that work? Same thing. Your, your, your service, your product, whatever it is, those benefits do something for that person. There's a pain to what, they're, to, to what you're looking to do with it. So advertising is a great example. Advertising is all about that revenue generation. It's all about... Christmas, it's all about New Year's, it's all about that vacation, it's all about the story of customers coming into mm-hmm. the the bike shop or the cobbler or whatever the business happens the to be. Yeah. Very um, non antiquated concept. I actually I, I the reason I thought of the cobbler is because <laughs> I um I have shoes at a cobbler right now, which is next door to the bike shop. So there was uh-huh. actually a progression on that one. Um but and the cobbler is actually very busy. Surprisingly, so so there you go. So ha- the service of the cobbler, I mean, there's a tangible because they're they're presenting mm-hmm. the shoes back to that, but uh, just the idea of even going experiences or stories as well. Yeah. So uh, you look at whatever the benefits happen to be, and whatever the pain points or the problems happen to be, mm-hmm. and the service comes in as the hero to uh, the the person comes in yeah. using the service. And they're the hero of that story where suddenly they're doing really well. Use storytelling to help visualize the removal of that pain. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So if you're talking to, if you're talking to that shop owner, going back to the advertising, and I mentioned Christmas. Yeah. And it's a matter of you know talking about Christmases of the future, where they're opening all of the the gifts because they've made so much money, or you know the the story of being just busy enough because you've pulled in those customers or maybe just a little too busy and that's where i guess prospecting and research would come in handy so well Mm -hmm. where if you're selling advertising services what are they putting on their social media what events are they showing off Mm -hmm. if they have this monthly event you know at a let's say it's at a bar and they want to do karaoke or or some sort of open mic night every 
Saturday or something mm-hmm. like that, and it doesn't seem to be getting a lot of traction, that's something that you can ask about or talk about. It's like, oh, I see you guys do a karaoke event every week. How, how does that usually go? And have them visualize the problems that they may be having yes. that could be solved yeah. by your services. Mm-hmm. And if it's not so so karaoke, and if it's not what they were hoping for, it's like, mm-hmm. well, imagine if that was full. Yeah, that's a yeah. story. It's not a big story, but it's still yeah, a story. Yeah, yeah, sure. And it allows that imagination to start thinking, oh, I want that. Uh, and and hopefully it's a mm-hmm. it's it's a want that you're not trying to you know, sell them something that they not normally wouldn't. Yeah, want. I'm course. all about you know ethical selling when it comes down to it. But selling to a true problem. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, I mean, that's the most important part is figuring out if you can identify that pain point and then focus that story on the pain point. I mean, there's probably not a very more effective way of selling. I mean, if you give them a a scenario and a story in their head that solves it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, shoot, you've got me ready to buy. Well, and, and so you talk about prospecting. Let's talk about rapport build. You know, storytelling yeah. while you're rapport building. You know, what did you do this weekend? Oh, I went fishing. Oh, I went biking. Or what did you do this weekend? Oh, let me tell you. I was in the bank of the river. I had my fly, I had my fly fishing rod. And all I could hear were birds and crickets and the sound of the rushing water. Man, that was great. What did you do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Telling dynamic stories. It's very primal. Yeah. I guess it kind of goes back to the first thing that we were talking about, where like that's how people get to know each other and mm-hmm. relate. It's not just those one-word courteous exchange answers. It's like, oh, it was great. I did this. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. oh, it was so much fun. Thank you so much for asking. I had I had a good time. I went and saw this thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it creates connections. Yeah. So mm-hmm. now, even if, if you're not able to craft a good story for whatever reason around your products or services, use the story to, to build that rapport, to build that emotional connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I mean, like you said there, if you started out with, you know, giving a halfway decent story, which anyone should be able to mm-hmm. give some good details and actually bring their client or prospect into like what they actually felt and then shift it right back to them and say, oh, what mm-hmm. did you do? And they'll be more energized, want to do that, and that's a great way of building rapport. People hey. love to talk about what they did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And watch the person who's always popular in a group and notice that they tend to tell more stories yeah. than just what happened. Mm-hmm. Great conversation today. Thanks for joining us here on the Sales Mindset Podcast. Tell your stories. What are your stories? And practice telling some of those stories. And you'll be building rapport and selling some products. Until next time.